0: From RTE Brainstorm, why Irish people sing ole 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 when they're happy? By Eva Ryan Christensen from RTE Brainstorm. It was the summer of 1990. The average price of a house in Ireland was 60,000 euro, and an average worker travelled under eight kilometres to work. Shane O'Connor had turned Prince's Nothing Compares to You into a mega hit. My Left Foot scooped two Oscars and Nelson Mandela had been released from prison after 27 years. Italian 90 fever was sweeping the nation and our love for a particularly fetching soccer chant was blossoming. Since then, we don't just break into a blast of Olé 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 at matches but at gigs, homecomings and other celebrations. It's a chant with a really interesting history, says composer and musicologist Dr Sean Darty lecturer in DCU's School of Music. Olé is Spanish and goes back to the bullfighting days where it was a marker of approval for the spectators. The tune itself comes from a 1985 Belgian song called Anderlecht Champion, in which the original Olé was turned into the French Allez allez allez. The Spanish version, Evive Mexico, was created in 1986 for the Mexico World Cup. It spread like wildfire and is now ubiquitous, says Doherty. But it was probably Put 'em Under Pressure, Ireland's anthem for the 1990 World Cup in Italy, that it got inserted into every Irish person's brain. The song featured Clonid's Moya Brennan, Irish band Horselips, and was produced by U2's Larry Mullen. It didn't just sample Ole Ole Ole, but also Scotland's 1978 anthem Ali's Tartan Army, which became we're all part of Jackie's army. Jackie was, of course, Jack Charlton, the Ireland team's legendary manager. And put him under pressure was a phrase coined by him to exemplify the playing style of his team. He led Ireland to the 1988 European Championships and to the 1990 and 1994 World Cups. There were even calls for him to be canonised, to which he replied, "Canonization? You couldn't have done that to me anyway. I'm a Protestant. When Charlton died in July 2020, radio stations in Ireland played Putham Under Pressure in tribute, simultaneously at 12.30pm, to coincide with his funeral. And in scenes mirroring those after Ireland's winning penalty shootout against Romania in 1990, crowds erupted into chants of ole 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 at the Walkinstown roundabout the day of the funeral. There's such a legacy of Italia 90 in song, in nostalgia, in art and documentaries and sport. It's a moment where if you weren't there, you wish you were there, says Dr Siobhan Doyle, cultural historian and curator at the National Museum of Ireland. It's not only the nostalgia for the tournament and the players and the excitement, but it's a nostalgia for that time in the past. Ireland's run in the World Cup started with a 1-1 draw against England, followed by a game against Egypt that ended in 0-0, while the match against the Netherlands ended in a 1-1 draw. But the hype around Italian 90 hit fever pitch when Ireland won a penalty shootout against Romania, 5-4, sending the team into the final eight. Much of Ireland's excitement could be personified by RTE broadcaster George Hamilton's now famous line uttered in the seconds before Ireland won the shootout. The nation holds its breath. Our participation in the World Cup was an unprecedented situation in Ireland's sporting history. It was an escape from everyday life. People were in such a bubble, says Doyle. Businesses closed and buses stopped running. People just didn't go to work for a week. There's not a hope that would happen now. Italian 90 memorabilia and material culture is now hard to come by in Ireland because people are quite precious about it, she adds. Some fans also amassed debts to follow the team and attend games. It's interesting that the chant has transferred to things like concerts, but a lot of people find it very cringe, particularly when it goes beyond the sporting environment, says Doyle. Already in 1990, the chant had moved beyond the pitch. Reporting for the Irish Times on Sinead O'Connor's appearance at The Point three days before the quarterfinal when she dedicated her song Jackie to Jack Charlton, Dave Fanning said the crowd chorused ole 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 to demand an encore. It's only one to sing when we're winning. It's not one to bring out when our team is behind and needs the crowd to lift them, like the Fields of Athenry or Ireland's Call, says Doyle. It's the type of song that only works when it really garners the entire crowd. It needs a particular moment in order for it to really take off. And when it works, it really works. And when it doesn't, it bombs. But we do love a chant and they have a long history. Football chants go right back to association football. Back to English composer Edward Elgar who wrote the first certifiable football chant. He banged leather for goal, says Doherty. Since then, people don't really write original football chants, they take other songs and they put new words to them. They come from everywhere. Advertising jingles, pop songs, nursery rhymes, national anthems. People are so incredibly creative and inventive with them. They're really kind of the last traditional folk song that exists. And like all good folk songs, Ole 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 has taken on a life of its own. In fact, Doherty would even go as far as to consider it a meme. It's been passed on from one team to another, it's been completely delocalized from its original setting, so much so that no one can really remember or would be hard-pushed to tell you where it comes from. At singer Lizzo's recent concert at the Three Arena, she was treated to a four-minute standing ovation featuring several rounds of Olé 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 that had the American baffled. If your only interaction with the chant is at a Lizzo concert, well, why would you know where it came from? In my mind, it's a musical meme says Doherty, Doherty reckons its staying power lies in a combination of the fact that it lives in the Irish national psyche and the chant itself. It's easy, musically predictable and memorable. There's only five notes from the bottom to the top. It has a regular phrase pattern and we like things that are regular patterns. They're easy to remember, he explains. The notes themselves outline predictable harmonies. It articulates exactly what we expect to hear, going from tonic harmony to dominant harmony. And that's the really important thing in tonal harmony. Interestingly, the notes themselves are also really common in pop music. It goes between the third and the fifth notes in the scale. It's in so many songs from the early 2000s to the mid-2010s, says Doherty. People have called that the Millennium Hoop. Discover more at rte.ie forward slash brainstorm. RTE Brainstorm is produced by RTE in conjunction with UCC, University of Galway, University of Limerick, Maynooth University, DCU, TU Dublin, the Irish Research Council, and Chadis.